This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi, come on in. It's the Black and Blue Report podcast. Yours here from Studio B on this Wednesday, a Wesley Wednesday. I'm Sean Kelly, and another winning Wednesday here for the New Orleans Pelicans. Good news from last night, a comeback win, a powerful second half, and the Pelicans have won five of their last six. That's certainly on our list today as we uh, start a couple of conversations for you from the headquarters of the Saints and Pelicans today. David Wesley, as I mentioned, on a Wesley Wednesday. Lots to talk about there. Uh, the Pelicans are on a roll and have 11 games to go, and so uh, there may not be enough time on our podcast today to get all things done with David Wesley. And certainly there's never enough time for our other guest today, that Saints legend and, of course, broadcaster Deuce McAllister. He is here today to grade out Saints free agency so far, offer his thoughts on some of those individuals signed and where things stand as we move forward. I'll also maybe pick his brain about basketball, too, because I know he's a huge Pelicans fan and watches he always watches more keenly than I ever think he is watching. That's for sure. So uh, I bet um, unsolicited we'll get some Pelicans thoughts from Deuce McAllister today. So we've got a blockbuster uh, podcast for you today. Two of our favorite guests, no doubt, and both are in studio right here in Studio B today. Uh, so so pleased to be able to get both of them here on location. So with that being said, I don't want to talk a whole lot more. I think you've already seen the particulars from last night's game. Boogie Cousins had a huge night. Anthony Davis powered through a stomach bug. And, uh, and again, a good team win for the Pelicans as they, by the way, split the season series with the Grizzlies, which is, a, I think, a huge accomplishment in itself. Um, prior to the win in February over Memphis, the Grizzlies, albeit close games, had beaten the Pelicans seven straight times. Um, but after falling in overtime twice earlier this season to Memphis, New Orleans takes the last two meetings of the series and splits it with a team that's solidly in the Western Conference playoff picture, a team I think that's put together a solid resume now for several years running. So um, a great win, great win for the Pelicans last night and a big road trip coming up. We'll ask David Wesley about that too. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll start it off with the legend, Deuce McAllister, in just a moment. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. 
Special treat here on Black and Blue Report. Not only is it Deuce McAllister, it's Deuce McAllister in Studio B. You are hard to pin down, admittedly so, but glad to have you here. Well, I like to keep it moving, you know, and uh, it's always be good to be able to get in studio and, you know, uh, talk a little Saints, talk a little Pelicans, talk a little uh, college basketball. You know, we can even talk college baseball. Let's, let's see what's out there. You've got a full plate <laughs> these days. This building's home for you, though, isn't it? Uh, this is home. I mean, uh, it's steadily changing as well. So, uh, you know, it's always good to see some familiar faces. But, you know, uh, um, when you walk in, I was like, wait that's an office now, you know, that used to be such and such. And so steadily changing, which is always good, but you know, it's always good as far as the growth as well. well have you seen the locker room yet or what's going on down the hall? Hadn't seen it yet. Don't Hadn't go down just yet. yet. Wait well, till it's done a little bit. But. I got to check it out. You know, you've, you've piqued my interest a little <laughs> bit, you know, uh, so I've got to at least check it out, you know, and, uh, Coach Payton has always changed it a little bit anyway, you know, whether it's through pictures or words or just uh, the design and diagram. So it'll be interesting to check it out. Okay. I'm going to ask you about Pelicans here in a moment. First, mm-hmm. though, Saints, since we just talked about Coach Payton, your thoughts on what's happened so far in free agency for for the New Orleans franchise? Well, I mean, if we were giving out grades or at least uh, letters, you know, I would probably say this has been – this offseason has been – probably been about a B plus okay you know and that that's pretty good you know all things considering you know uh, there's still one or two positions that they want to address uh, you know one of the primary positions obviously is defensive ends and you know you were able to do a little bit there with Alex but that was not on a long-term deal you know some of the other guys that you thought would hit the market never hit the market so that's not a fault of this organization you know I think they were prepared to do whatever they needed to do to acquire one of those guys but it just didn't happen that way um, by getting Alex, I think he is a good prospect. You know, his biggest thing is staying healthy, you know, and he's kind of put himself in a position where if he can stay healthy, he can make not only money this year, but money going forward. Did they – this actually rolls into the Fairley topic, but if if you think of the Nick Fairley situation from this past season and now you're looking at the Alex Okafor situation, mm-hmm. and I guess we can lump almost Sterling Moore into this as well, did the Saints kind of hit on something here in this last year with – with bringing a guy like Fairley in and saying, okay, here's a one-year deal, you know, obviously benefit to us, but benefit for you that if it goes well, there's there's more to come. Is that is that something you're sensing now that they've done with Okafor and maybe want to do with more guys? Well, um, you can do it in a sense if those guys are good fits for your locker room, you know, if they are truly motivated. You know, it's always a good idea or situation for a player because for him – the player, he can get back to the open market where either, you know, that current team can give you more money or, you know, the market is going to give you more market money. But uh, if, you know, the negative is, okay, if you get hurt, you know, now you're putting yourself back two years. The negative is if you don't play well. Now, you know, really there's no market for you. Now you have to take the base, quote unquote. But um, it's always an interesting dynamic when a team does do that because you want to see how motivated that player is. I mean, and sometimes it's motivation because of health or motivation because of opportunity. You know, with Okafor, I think it's going to be opportunity. You know, health is going to play a part of it, but it's opportunity to be able to be, quote, unquote, an every down player, to be able to be featured on third down and uh, passing situations. So, you know, uh, he'll have a prime opportunity. I still wouldn't be surprised to see this team add another pass rusher via the draft, though. You think the draft is the way to go there at this point? Well, at this point, I mean, uh, long term, that's going to be the answer. Yeah. And then it's just because you won't get a lot of the premier guys to hit the market. And so you will just have to draft your own and groom him, you know, a la Cam Jordan. What did you take away from the A.J. Klein pickup? 
solid pickup. You know, I really like AJ. He's a guy that can play the middle as well as the weak side. Uh, you know, he, he he's gotten a little taste uh, being in Carolina. He was playing behind really two uh, all pros and probably one for sure Hall of Famer. You know, Thomas Davis will have a shot. But, you know, um, it, it, Luke Keekley is obviously, you know, uh, if, his con- if his health mm-hmm. uh, is there, then he'll have a shot, you know, at the Hall of Fame. But um, I, I really like the pickup. You know, I think that he can cover fairly well as a Mike, but he also can help you with uh, the weak side linebacker. But he gives you some flexibility, you know, because now he can help Robertson that can either go outside or stay in the middle or vice versa. And they're pretty smart guys as well. Rightfully so, the defense is the priority and has garnered the most attention. We've kind of touched on some mm-hmm. of those. But there have been two mm-hmm. offensive uh, side of the football signings, one at guard and one at wide receiver. I don't know how much more Ohio State stuff we can stomach, but we've got two <laughs> wide receivers now from the Ohio State University. Obviously, Michael Thomas, who proved that he can lead that room um, last season. But Ted Ginn Jr. is an interesting signing, I thought. Uh, and and you take away from another division rival, I thought. What do you know about um, Ginn at this point in his career? And then what would you say about the guard, Warford, that they get from Detroit? Well, when you look at Ted Ginn, you know, for, for, for me, he can be a three or four receiver. But what he will give you on punt returns will be enough offensively where you're going to be going, let's just say kickoff and punt returns, you're going to be going from a sideline punt guy to if teams are willing to kick it down the middle, they're going to pay. And so he will give you hidden yardage on punts and then on the kickoffs. I mean, you can basically say, all right, we're starting at the 25. I mean, because there will be situations and times that you don't start there. I mean, but he's a guy that will play indoors for 10 games, you know, which will help his career. He is a fast guy. So, you know, the bubble screens, the slants, the, the, the deep posts, the deep goals, they will get him the ball. He will be featured but he won't be your one or two, and that's just because they're going to take care of him. And so it has to be a really good situation for him. And Warford is a guy that comes in, you know, and I still see him adding a, a, a senior. You know, I would love for it to be Jari. I don't know if they can meet, you know, price-wise mm-hmm. for, for Jari, but he comes into a really good and, and unique situation. I mean, but he has two veterans, one on the inside and outside of him. He just has to play. He just has to play. He's somewhat familiar with at least Joe Lombardi because Joe was the OC up in Detroit. Um, And now some of the verbiage will be the same. But now he has to just learn and and hone in on how we do things. And I think he's a really, really good fit that, you know, should be able to man that position for the next seven to ten years. That's a long time, Deuce. Well, that's what guards and and, and offensive (laughs) linemen, that's what they do, you know. You get them, you mold them, particularly when they're young. And, you know, those guys play 10, 12 years for you. We're just scratching the surface in the offseason. I know free agency is exciting, and uh, it is the first thing out of the gate. But, you know, there's still a draft. Mm-hmm. Then there's still the undrafted class. Mm-hmm. And, and then, we, you know, we're, we're talking now we're getting into June, and there's still more work to be done. So with that being said, though, you seem pleased. I think you said B-plus mm-hmm. so far. What else uh, you need to see to feel better about this football team going towards summer? Well, the A comes if you're able to pull off the trade, you know, and that's the, ah, yes. you know, uh, that, that's <laughs> the, the trade much, that nobody yeah, can get their arms yeah, around. You know, that's the much talked about trade of Malcolm Butler. And that's just because um, if it's using assets from this year or next year, um, it would really be a combination, in my opinion. Um, I would be hard pressed to, you know, obviously, I don't think anyone in the building is at 11. 
is in play as, as the 11th draft pick. If that was the case, they would have already signed him to an offer sheet and just given up that pick. I think that, you know, uh, with that not being done yet, um, I think that there's something else in play. Um, and if you want to solidify yourself as far as uh, your secondary, well, the signing of Sterling Morgan, the healthy throwback, and the being able to add Malcolm Butler, then that not only gives you veteran guys, it gives you talented guys. And so now the situation becomes all of those young pieces that you had last year, they can come back and learn. They can come back and, you know, really hone in their game. And if there is an injury, then they can be called upon. And so um, he could help this team in a lot of different ways. But the question becomes, at what price? Let me ask you to clear up something, if you can, because I think a lot of Saints fans are really confused, and I get it, mm-hmm. as to the mechanics mm-hmm. of this whole situation with Malcolm Butler. They hear, you know, RFA, they hear 11th pick, the 32nd pick, they hear offer sheets and tenders and all that. And look, unless you're following this hardcore, it is confusing. Correct. What would you what would you say to help clear that up? Or what's the most important thing about the mechanics of the possible situation? Well, you know, after the visit, you knew um, unless they were just dead set on giving up their 11th pick, there could have been a contract offered then. You know, and even so, uh, there, there, there are moving pieces because there are three parties involved. A, you know, the Saints, B, New England, and then the player being Malcolm Butler. Well, right now, he doesn't have a contract from anyone. You know, and that he has a tender, an opportunity to sign a tender from New England. Well, that would be the first thing that has to happen. You know, and then he becomes the property, quote unquote, of the New England Patriots once he signs that tender. Well, his tender will basically be for $4 million. That's what his salary will be because right now he is a undrafted, restricted free agent. And by being an undrafted, restricted free agent or just a restricted free agent, that means New England has the right to match any offer that he receives from anyone, whether it's the Saints, whether it's Seattle, whether it's uh, the Dolphins, anyone. If he receives an offer you know, from them, they have the right to match that contract offer. If not, then they receive the, that team's pick, first-round pick. Not a traded pick, but their original first rounder based off of where they finished, uh, you know, as far as one out of 32. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, the first thing that has to happen is he has to sign that tender. You know, the second thing that has to happen is he had to be able to come to uh, an agreement with the Saints on a new contract. And the third thing that has to happen is the Saints and New England have to be able to say, okay, well, We see that he doesn't want to be here. We will trade him for X. Now, there is a way to get around that. The way to get around it is the Saints signed him to an offer sheet. New England decides not to match that offer. New England gets the Saints' 11th pick. That's what could have happened within the last two months. Mm -hmm. That's something that could have transpired automatically. Well, two months later, we see that has not occurred. And so that leads you to believe that, hey, look, Let's see if we can work out some type of negotiations, possibly, if he signs his tender. Well, they can't talk legally without Malcolm signing his tender. And so that's kind of where we're at at this point. Do you think Do you think any of that talk was going on during the Cooks trade? Well, look, and, and, and I'm an employee of the team. You're, you may as well be. I guess we have to tread lightly here. Well, here, here, here's what's interesting. 
this team worked together just a couple of weeks ago on another trade. Right. And so there were all kinds of things that were um, thrown out there because they worked together on another trade. The Saints, as well as New England, knew that Butler could not be a part of that trade because, A, he hadn't signed his tender. Correct. But either one team or another felt that if he signed his tender, then he could possibly be a part of it. You know, but there was a problem with that situation. At the time of the Cooks trade, New Orleans had never met the player. New Orleans had never gotten a player into the building. And so I can't trade for a, 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 a person and then pay them and not really be familiar with them. I mean, so there was still an unknown. And so that's why Butler never could really be in, involved in the Cooks trade. And so, you know, uh, even though he may have came up, he couldn't be involved because he hadn't signed the tender. And even if he had signed this tender, he had never been in New Orleans as far as in the Saints building. He had never met with Aaron Glenn. He had never sat down with D.A. And so you knew that that couldn't have happened, even though some things may have been said in the public. So it, it's just interesting as far as the dynamics you know, all came about. We'll just leave it at that. That's correct. Okay. One last question about the secondary real quick. Um, can Sterling Moore move to safety? Would that even be a thought? Uh, I would want him more of a slot. You know, what what, what he gives, uh, he could possibly play safety, and I would want him as uh, the deep safety. But what he gives them is the flexibility to be able to say, hey, look, we can run a true nickel package. And now Kenny Vaccaro doesn't have to be our big safety. Now they can still run that package, but he gives them flexibility uh, if, if Delvin um, – doesn't get healthy he can play outside but sterling can play inside and outside but i i could see him playing free safety i don't see him playing strong okay saints legend of broadcaster deuce McAllister with us in studio b today the nfl owners are meeting next week in arizona which also includes then obviously the competition committee mm-hmm. um if you could have your your say if you were a member of the committee anything you want to change moving into next season make the game fun again you know, and make it fun where, you know, celebrations up to a point. And I, I know that's what they're discussing and, and, and thinking about doing it. But uh, let these players have the personality. I mean, because that's what fans want to see. They want to see the creativity of a player. So let the player have that personality, you know, and we don't want to dilute the game where it's unwatchable. You know, we don't want things of that nature. But you want them to be able to uh, – let fans be excited and, and, and see them what they are, you know, outside of just catching passes and making tackles. The other thing that's interesting is, you know, the overtime rule is up for debate again. Uh, you know, whether you go to 10 minutes uh, or, you know, the sudden death that we've had in the past and or the college game, you know, so it'll be interesting to see um, which direction they go. I, I, I like the rule where both teams gets the ball at least once. If you score a field goal, the other team has the opportunity to do the same. They score field goal or score a touchdown you know uh i don't like as it, it is right now correct yes. i don't i don't like it where um you know one team can score a field goal and the game's over i mean because if you lose a toss um nine times out of ten you know things are out of your control uh defensively offensively if you lose yeah i don't i don't think we're going back to the old way correct i would love to see you go to the college way tell you the truth well I, i'm i'm not a fan of that and it's probably the the selfish or the old me you know why because they let the stats count and, and, and the stats get diluted so bad. You know, this guy's thrown for seven touchdowns. Well, no, really, he only threw for three, but he threw four in overtime. And so those four that counted in overtimes, that that takes away from the game. 
you know, that, that should not count towards quote unquote records and or, you know, the stat book. Well, I didn't think of that, nor really should I, because I've never had that affect my <laughs> livelihood. Whereas you, yes. Well, well I mean, it, it, it would affect it. But, you know, let's just say a guy has um, incentives in his, his, his contract, you know, and so. <laughs> well, yeah. The, 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 how those get knocked up. You know, this guy threw for 40 touchdowns. This guy had seven, 17 touchdowns. Yeah, but how many of them came in overtime? Yeah, but how many overtime games are they going to play in a year? Uh, you never know, but, I mean, it does affect it in some sure way. Sure it does. It does. Uh, before we run out of time, you want to weigh in on the Pelicans and what's going on with that right now? Uh, what is it, five, four out of five? Five out five of six? six? <laughs> yeah. The question, at the break, there were 25 games left. You know, I felt like that they had to get 15. I don't okay. know if they can reach the 15 mark. But, man, would you love to have one or two of those games back where you didn't play as well, where now instead of you being three and a half games out, you're only two games out. I mean, because now, even though you played Denver three times, you've made it where you've got to win all three. You know, they can lose one, but you've got to win all three. I would have loved to have been in a situation where you can lose two and, you know, them not having to lose as they may. But the way they have played, you know, particularly defensively, um, has been really impressive. And, uh, you know, you, you, you start to see some of the other guys, uh, Solomon Hill, you know, just really feel a lot more comfortable in, in his role. You know, and, and, and this team is really starting to come together. And we didn't know if that would occur. You know, we didn't know if that would occur just because – one, there was not a lot of practice time. And, you know, two, uh, it makes it easier when you're winning, you know, and, and they've started to win. So uh, it'll be interesting to see these next 11. You were a big running back. You like these two bigs in the low post for the oh, Pelicans? I, I, I love it. You know, I would love to see a little more high-low game. You know, because it's both, starting. Yeah, um, yep. well, both, both, both can pass. Yes. Both, both, both can pass, and, you know, uh, whether it's uh, both can take somebody off the dribble, and, you know, obviously both of them can shoot to the 15-footer. And, and, and so, you know, not only just pick and roll between the bigs, but I would love to see a little more high-low game where, you know, uh, Boogie Cousins, is, it's nothing to see him throw a lob to AD every game. And, you know, I just want to see more sets like that. I mean, because it's it, it's very hard for any team to defend, you know, when you have one skill big. But when you have two like you you have currently, man, that makes it tough. It's going to be interesting. This road trip will be very interesting, well, especially uh, Sunday at Denver. Yeah, if they can – if they can, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about out of the next 11. If they can figure out a way to get – Eight of those games, eight out of eleven, and they 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 have tightened that thing now. That's the number I thought. Yeah, they, I thought with seventeen to go, they had to go thirteen and four. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're on pace mm-hmm. at least, you know, Correct. early. So good to see you, my friend. No problem. Thank you. So we can catch Deuce, of course, on WWL Radio at the restaurant down in the quarter. How often do you get down there? Try to get down at least every other week, you know, sometimes uh, weekly. You know, during the season, it's a lot more than that. But during the offseason, that's that's probably what yeah. you're looking at. And it's a great spot for NCAA basketball this weekend, oh, too. I mean, hey, yeah. uh, and that's a whole other story. You know, that, I know. We, we don't have enough convers- show. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation for us. You've got to meet other people in the building. They're all going to be mad at me. Who do you like? I think Carolina's the best team. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the thing. Well, if you have a guard. This is a college college basketball is guard driven, and so if you have a guard, then you've got a shot. Now they've got to hit shots and be able to penetrate. Right. Uh, team that I picked was Kansas. Still like Kansas. I mean, because they 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 they're guard heavy. Yep. I and don't they, think Arizona's a bad way to go. No. 
No. UCLA's got Lonzo Ball. Yeah, and he that. yeah, and he can and they have a big down low, but Lonzo can distribute the ball, he can shoot it, you know, and uh we're in for a treat. I think so. I, it was interesting the other day when Villanova first got knocked out, then Duke. I kind of thought Duke was a little vulnerable. Yeah, I thought um, I thought Duke was as well. You know, Villanova that was surprising. I thought that Villanova, you know, but they it, it was a bad matchup for them. Yep, it was a really bad matchup for them. Look, this game on Friday, Kentucky UCLA. Yeah, that may that may be the driver's seat game in all this. That, that that's a clash of powers, and yep. you know, if Monk can go off and your know, Fox can get hot, you know, Kentucky can beat anybody. You know, they're streaky. They shoot free throws a lot better now than they did in the past, which gives them a, an advantage because they have so many athletes. We need to get like a kegerator in here or something, because when you come by, we could just sit here forever, have a cold beer or two, and kick around just about any topic. I like it. I, like I love it. it. Uh, they're going to get mad at me down the hall if I don't let you get out of here. But Deuce McAllister with us. We're going to talk more NBA in a second. David Wesley, you know David, he'll be here in just a few minutes. Stay with us. future is bright for your New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. Those locking in their seats by Friday, March 31st will take advantage of the price freeze and also receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. On this Wednesday, we go from the deuce to dub. How about that? Wesley Wednesday now on Black and Blue Report. Good to have deuce in here. Now you? My goodness. It's a pretty solid lineup. I would say so. I mean, you know, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, somebody scoring 50, you scoring two when you combine for 52. Deuce is low, you know, he's he's leading his charge. I'm just adding on. Zed I on. got the two points, yes. <laughs> You've never settled for two We combined points. for two point fifty two. <laughs> team effort. Team effort. That's no, what I'm talking about. This is a good good Wednesday. Um and as I mentioned earlier, a lot of fun because obviously as we did with Deuce, there's interesting Saint stuff to talk about, but man, there's interesting Pelican stuff to talk about. And I knew last week when we were in the hotel in Miami that might we might have a couple good Wesley Wednesdays coming up here. Little did I know, five of the last six now, including a sweep of the three-game homestand since we last talked. My friend, this is going to get a little interesting with 11 to go. It is very interesting. It's that right eyebrow going up like, hmm, what's going on now? And, uh, you know, it's still a lot of work to do, but it's certainly people are taking notice. You're starting to think, and, and you know what? It's not just that they won. It's they got two really quality wins, Houston and, and uh, Memphis, um, and the way they're playing. The offense has gotten so much better. I thought they took a step back in that first half, wondering where is the offense that we've been watching for the last few games? And then all of a sudden, that second half, it was like, okay, 
So second half of the last game, they score 70. And then this game, they score, I think, 65 or something. So, um, yeah, everything's going in the right direction. So make me a list. Make me a list of the things that have contributed to the offense coming back to life, if not better than it's been this season. I think one has been the energy. I think when Cousins first got here, everybody kind of sat back and said, all right, we got two super studs, and the rest of the guys just thought, well, you know, I'll shoot a shot here, I'll shoot a shot there. Solomon Hill, to me, is the guy, and he doesn't have to go get 20 or 30. His aggressiveness and energy on the offensive end, attacking, getting to the basket, getting fouls, making plays and passes, great. As well as our newest, well, I can't say newest anymore, but one of our newer Pelicans, and almost said Hornets, um, Jordan Crawford. The way he comes out in those timely baskets and, and knocking down shots and just always being in the right place, playing efficient, not making a, you know, a ton of mistakes. Those two guys have been really good for this offense, and I think the way that Solomon has been attacking and being aggressive has kind of showed other people, oh, well, let me get in on the act. Let me be aggressive. Uh, Etwan Moore has been just cruising along, solid. Um, and, and, and Drew Holiday is playing better. I think Drew has to play well for this team uh, to consistently win. Uh, he's been playing much better than when Cousins first got here. So um, I think the offense itself is just looks so much night and day from from when that trade first happened. Let's expand on the Holiday thing because we've seen a change in the last couple of games here in the starting backcourt. Holiday at the two, Frazier at the one. Now, as the game progresses, roles kind of get interplayed a little bit. Mm. But at the, at the start and here as they finished, that's your new backcourt together. Is that a subtle move that's paid off, or is that a large move in your eyes? I, I think it's I think it's really big. Uh, yeah, I think the pressure that Holiday might have been feeling playing the point guard position and trying to score, I, I think it it caused him to get in trouble. He forced a lot of things, uh, you know, trying to split double teams. Now he kind of allows it to come to him. And Tim Frazier has shown practically all year that he's capable of being out there, setting the table, getting people involved, and 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 running the team. And that's kind of what you need out of the point guard. And then you move Drew Holiday over to the two. He can focus on scoring. He can take his shots. He can – uh, almost let the game come to him. I think that's a huge move, and it's made a big difference. One thing that seems consistent in the wins as well, David, is the number of double-figure scores at the end of the night on the box score. At least four, often five, sometimes six. Um, those things, I mean, kind of smack you in the face a little bit because, look, as we've seen most of this season, big night from Anthony, maybe something from somebody else, and then mm, chump change the rest of the way as far as the numbers go in the box score. Um, how does that explode like that? Is it a combination of what you've been talking about? Is it contagious? That's the other thing I wanted to ask you at this point as well. I've used that word contagious I, okay. I, I, on the air. Was when And again, I always go, I'm going back to Solomon Hill because to me, a guy who, who got into this offense and thought, okay, I'm a three-point shooter, that's not really his thing. But when he puts his head down, puts his body on people and gets to the basket, get in the paint, create crowds and, and, and draw attention. 
That allows Davis to go rebound, Cousins to go rebound, Cunningham to go rebound. These That contagious activity and energy, which wasn't there in the first half last night. He comes out and he, he starts going and everybody seems to follow. And, and that's why I started with the other guys. Cousins is going to get his. Davis is going to get his. Drew has the ability to get his. But these other guys, when they watch that, instead of sitting back waiting and watching, they're now being aggressive, taking their opportunities, and it's made a world of difference. I don't want to put our conversation in a box, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because I think I know, but maybe I don't. So let me just ask you, what, what, what would you say about the Pelicans' defense here during this same stretch? Well, I think the defense has spoke for itself. The defensive rating is 7 or 8. Um, they have been capable at times being really, really good and couldn't score. The defense has maintained while the offense has picked up, which is so important. And, you know, they, they've, you know, they can make adjustments because guys are playing hard. You watch them and, you know, I want to go back to the three game win. I think it was a three game win streak, two game beat Charlotte and then came back and beat Portland. Correct. It was a two-game. Two-game win streak. And then dropped the game at Miami. Right. So, in those games, you could see the intensity on defense. You could see the talk, the help, the helper, the, the, the multiple efforts, all those things. So, the defense was already coming around before this offense kind of took off. And, and, I, and I think it's been there maybe not all season, but not a defense is going to be there all season. But seven in the defensive rating is respectable. And, and very good, better than, than most of the league. So it's been there. Now that you add that offense, now you're capable of getting stops when you need them. Now you're capable of, of scoring, you know, with teams like a Houston who maybe even with good defense, they're still scoring. Well, that means you have to still score. So if the offense is doing what it's doing over the last five or six, um, the defense will be there. I'm not afraid to have a little drama in my life as you've known me for. So maybe I'm building it it up a little bit. Full of drama. (laughs) (laughs) This three-game road trip coming up, I don't want to say it's make or break, but it's interesting because of what you've done over your last six games. So now you go to Houston, to Denver on Sunday. I think you can put a gold star on that matchup. Of course. Obviously. And then at Utah on Monday. What, what, What strikes you when you think of the three upcoming? Do you want to say, do you want to, step out even further and say what you think needs to happen? Well, first of all, as a team, as a player, you always took games in blocks, which is good. For me, right now on the other side, this whole, what, 11 games? 11, yep. It's a block. They don't have a you, whole lot. You put the whole thing in one? The whole thing. Okay. And certainly they can't look past the next game. But this whole 11 games, it, it almost has to be perfect. Now, what's perfect? 11 and 0? No. Okay. I, I think they have to win. I, I think they can maybe be able to afford to lose two. I think they have to get to, because before last night's game, 12 games left. Denver also had 12 games left. If the Pelicans won 10 of 12, that puts them at 39 wins. That means Denver only had to win six games out of their last 12. So 10 is asking for a lot. Now, again, 
Certainly, you hope to give Denver three of those losses, but you still need them to get three more just to get into a tie. So, And you'd have the tiebreak on them. And you would have the tiebreaker. So 10, to me, was the number going into last night. So now it's 1-0. and Trying to get ten out of the nine out of the last eleven. Wow. Okay. I kind of thought eight and three. Portland concerns me because of their home schedule, strength of schedule, the rest of the way. Right. Oh, you'll play them by the way. The last game the last game of the season. season. Yeah. It, just again this weekend. Can we both agree that Sunday absolutely has to happen because it is it is the game against Denver, the first of three against Denver. Sunday so. Sunday was would definitely be that big star. Now. You think about games like uh, I think we play the Clippers in a in a couple of weeks. Lakers. Oh, the Lakers. Yeah, that's the that's the game in L.A. on the last road trip, the four game road trip. And we play Denver on that road trip as well. As well, and Portland on that trip. You have a home game against Dallas coming up. That's next Wednesday. Seeing all these teams, all of them, yes. all these te- all these teams that you're playing, it, Utah might be okay. They might think, you know, we don't have to have this game. Um, but everybody else is like, we need it. I don't know what Utah's situation is. Um, I mean, they might be. Seating situation could be home or oh, away. Oh, the 4-5. Five. Five. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Let me ask you this. If if I told you um, that we're on a plane Monday night coming back from Salt Lake City on a 2-1 and one road trip, one of those two wins had to be Denver, would you be okay with that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I would live with that. But – that just means that, I mean, that next, got to come home, take care of business. Yep. And then when you go out on the road, you can only get one more loss. Okay. This is definitely a playoff chase now, though, right? I, I, I think so. Yes. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a big uphill climb. I, I think it's, like I said, you almost have to be near perfect um, to get there, and you may still need some help. But. You are. It's, it's going to, it's going to be. It's there. You can see it. They should see it. They should say, you know, we're, we're going to try to go 12-0. and 0. Uh, They haven't put on a stretch that long, but why not now? The way they're playing, the way they're playing, if you watch them play, you certainly look at them and go, yeah, this, this, this works. This is working. Working and gives you a chance every night. Yes. Fair enough. Yes. I think we should end on that. Okay. This was a much better Wesley Wednesday than, say, two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. Great to have you here. Thanks. Thanks. Yes. Glad to come in and see you guys. Quick time out. We'll wrap things up on this Wednesday in just a moment. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. 
Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. It's family night. You take the wife and kids to a new hibachi restaurant. The flames go up. Your wife's eyebrows get singed off. And Junior leaves with a black eye, thanks to a projectile shrimp. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans, facing off against the Chicago Bulls Sunday, April 2nd, with free mini basketballs for the first 3,000 kids. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. He must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. He's Sean Kelly, and this is the Black and Blue Report. If you like today's Black and Blue Report, let us know. You can always follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Reports, or you can follow me at Sean Kelly Live. Maybe you want to tweet at us some of your takeaways from two great conversations today. Again, thanks to Deuce McAllister and David Wesley. Kind of Kind of a fun week. There's good Saints news to talk about, great Pelicans news to talk about. Um, and so when you have guests like we did today, uh, it's easy. It's a layup, to use a basketball term. Tomorrow, uh, more basketball talk, probably a little more NBA general. Uh, as Ben Golliver from Sports Illustrated is with us tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, we'll uh, continue our conversation with regard to the Saints as that news seems to be fluid and ongoing. Um, it's seemingly I'll come into our building here thinking, well, we might be quiet today. And then the next thing you know, here's Manti Teo or, you know, or we're still waiting to hear, obviously, some news on, uh, as Deuce mentioned earlier, Malcolm Butler. Uh, and look, again, knowing the dates now and everything else, this, this isn't something that has to be done today or tomorrow or Friday. Um, so it could, it could take some time here. There's no doubt about that. Um, other than that, have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. It'll be a travel day for the Pelicans, but we'll lay down the Black and Blue Report for you first. And we'll also preview this week's Alvin Gentry show tomorrow as well. Until next time, I'm Sean Kelly. For Daniel Salerson and all involved here at the Black and Blue Report, so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.